0: Bears blog boys, you know it all. Computer analytic geeky f- nerds. Michael Schneider, Tom Cavanaugh, the bear blog boys f- know it alls. Doing some f- podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you, boy. We <laughs> off the grid. Green, green.
1: We see you live from my mom's basement, this is the Bears Blog Voice Podcast. I am your co-host, Tom Kavanaugh. here with my good buddy and other co-host, Michael Snyder. Snyder, man, uh, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, but um, man, what a weekend we had. Go to the Bears game, then we got a rush to our families to celebrate the holidays, obviously. How has the last 48 hours been for you?
0: It aligned perfectly. I think I hit you up kind of last minute. Hey, Bears tickets are like thirty-five bucks each. You said run it, linked up, dude. I uh, before the game, I got some gear at the Carhartt store by me. Um, I felt like I was fully prepared, but it was fun, man. It was not it, weather-wise, wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, There's some good moments in the game. Um, I like, think as soon as we walked in, we go to that Dr. Pepper lounge, and this worker who clearly you just like didn't care about anything. You can tell you, just too cold. I think mean, pours the two heaviest drinks I've ever gotten at a stadium. Like, usually those dudes will pour it in the shot glass, give you one pour, and then fill it up with, you know, whatever mixer. This dude filled this thing up about, you know, three-fourths full. And, man, did that help? Um, that probably helped uh, early on in the game. That's why I didn't feel too much of the cold. Yeah. But later on, maybe when that started to wear off, uh, my feet definitely couldn't feel them uh, early in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
1: dude, those drinks, man, were straight alcohol like there's no mixer in it whatsoever but yeah i kept this warm kept this buzzing and yeah i honestly did not think it was that bad snyder came a little more prepared than i did uh i had to buy like a face covering when i got there um and i had to like makeshift cover my face with it so uh it was no it was a fun time though that was the first time i've been to a bears game in a long time and i definitely would do it again uh if the circumstances presented themselves yeah. But, um, again, I hope everyone listening had a Merry Christmas and got a bunch of gifts, whatever they wanted. But we're going to be here to talk about the game that we just went to and recap the, the Bears-Bills. Um, obviously, the game, long-term, doesn't really mean much. But uh, an exciting game, I feel like, at parts um, throughout. But it really kind of got away from the Bears at the, at the very end. Um, I guess my biggest takeaway is that – they just could not get anything going on the ground. I mean, this was like probably their worst day from a rushing perspective all year. I would like, I think the only other time you could argue was maybe like the Giants game, but quarterback run game, the just traditional run game, none of it was working. The Bills had everything bottled up from that standpoint. And I thought they passed the ball okay. Um, their numbers are pretty poor, their efficiency numbers. Um, but it really didn't seem like Getsy was interested in, in passing a whole bunch. But what were your takeaways, Snyder?
0: Yeah, right there with you, man. It's funny because it's supposed to be, uh, you know, Soldier Field, Chicago Bear weather, run it 40 times a game all over them. And nothing about this weather played to the Bears' advantage. You know, it seems like the Bills uh, were a little bit more accustomed to it. So it's just like an old narrative that Bears fans love. But this is why I think this team needs to definitely um, move to Arlington and get that dome. I think it, it, it shows there. But as far as the game time, I think, like, offensively, there's really not much to talk about other than how much the run was was shot down. Um, I know you've seen a couple flashes from Fields, which, you know, we get every single week. But, yeah, it was a really boring offensive show out other than that first drive.
1: No, uh, totally agree. I thought Fields played pretty well, like, pretty efficient across the board. I think he was let down just by bad bounces of the ball. Like, there were some batted passes where I really liked the read. I really liked – the timing of the throw and they just got batted down. Or there was a couple times where I know on like a fourth down conversion, Dante Pettis right in his hands, just drops the ball, like stuff like that. Um, I thought like the it, the average depth of his passes was pretty short, um, which was interesting to see that, you know, given that's something Jeff Fields hasn't been amazing at. But I really liked this is honestly one of the better games I've seen h- him play on time and, and and anticipate some throws um in the short ranges of the field, but I guess the one throw that everyone's talking about that was really impressive was that bomb to Bayless Jones, which was an absolute dime. Um, it, it was super impressive because uh, tredavius White, I think they were in quarters, so I think they were covering four, and he kind of knew where Fields was going to go with the ball. It was just a two-man route concept. He kind of tried to slingshot it and like cut across it, and he just lost track of the ball. Bayless Jones gets behind him. Fields puts it literally where the only place where his receiver can get it. And a dime for a huge explosive play. It, felt, it kind of felt like the tides turned in that. Center. I don't know about you. When we were at the game, we were like, "Oh my god!" Like they actually might make a comeback.
0: And but that was one of the. Yeah, yeah. dude. That was, was literally one of the greatest throws I've ever seen from a Bears quarterback. He put that thing on the money, and it was pretty windy. So like that's a, yeah. That's like one of the biggest factors I think that kills an offense is just heavy wind when it goes to passing the ball, and man, he. He played that. He got that on the money. I think he joked like in the press conference, saying like he picked up some grass, found out where the wind was going, and he and he timed it perfectly. But he said he was joking, but it felt like that's how like comfortable and in control it actually felt like he was on that pass. It was it was incredible.
1: Yeah, no, it it was it was a spectacular throw. Um And Bayless Jones, to his credit, tracked it down and caught it. I felt like this was honestly Bayless Jones's best game. I know he only had I think two catches. One obviously being that one uh, miraculous one, but he actually looked like an NFL wide receiver. And that's the first time I can say that throughout the entire year. So I guess some ascending ascension from him there is encouraging. Definitely need to see a lot more, but that's one positive note that happened in this game. Um, I really just felt like the Bears were kind of at a disadvantage from a talent perspective.
0: Um, if that run game wasn't there, there just wasn't a whole lot that they could do. Yeah, man, it's actually funny. Um, the three Jones, B.L. Jones Jr. had his best game as a pro. I think Braxton Jones had his best game in pass protection all the year. They actually had 13 true pass sets. Now, that's kind of high just to bear standards. Yeah. But he graded very well. I think all the whole entire game, he only allowed one pressure. Like That was definitely a bright spot. And on the other side of the ball, one of the defensive captains, the third Jones, uh, Justin Jones, actually had five pressures. And I know he had a real high pa- pass rush grade as well. So he had his best game, I think, as a bear. And I think maybe he's kind of, you know, cementing his role, you know, moving forward. He might stick around next year as well. Uh, yeah, No, definitely. I think he can be uh, a
1: very solid rotational piece, especially like as on pass rush downs, if you just want to put him out there um, in substitution of like a nose guard, which I'm sure the bears are still going to be trying to look for. Yeah. He has some juice in that, that respect. So I think he took advantage of a pretty weak interior bills, offensive line, and he was disruptive. The guy who impressed me the most on defense was definitely Kyler Gordon. I think we saw a different Kyler Gordon uh, planning on the outside and I hope the bears keep him there. I felt like he looked a lot more confident, looked a lot more, aware of his responsibilities i know on the stat sheet it's not if you look at his targets and his receptions allowed it's not great he allowed four receptions on four targets however it was only for 57 yards so it's not like he allowed many explosive plays and there was one that got taken away from him one force incompletion completion that was a penalty that had nothing to do with him he broke up a pass on stefan Diggs. he kind of clamped him up on that play and then he also had an interception so i really liked what i saw from kyler gordon this was probably the best game i've seen from him
0: yeah, him and Brisker, again, those artists keep looking like foundation pieces moving forward. And as much as we, I always mention, like the HITS program, like a 90% club, and the on-field culture, it seems like Gordon and Brisker just, they play with a lot of intensity. Um, even Kyler Gordon struggles early on in the year. He never pointed the finger, never threw any tantrums or anything, you know. Nothing, but it seems like Brisker and Gordon really have bought into what Iberfus is building. I think you just see it on the field, like, in their mannerisms, and then good thing for Gordon, you just keep keep seeing him ascending as, as the season's gone. Absolutely.
1: Um, I honestly was kind of impressed with the Bears' defense as a whole early on. Like, I did not think Josh Allen played well in this one. Um, and that was objectively because he was just kind of making some boneheaded decisions. Like, Senator, I remember looking at you that one time where he bails the pocket to his right and then just throws it across his body on the left into like triple coverage in a pass that should have been intercepted. I didn't think he played all that well, but um, it was obviously too much at the very end. I felt like once the Bills got their run game
0: cooking, it was kind of the Bears were kind of dead in the water. Cooking? You did that on purpose. James Cook, two you touchdowns. But, but dude, like, do you do you give credit to Iberflus and Allen Williams for making like Jalen Hurts make a lot of boneheaded plays and Josh Allen? What are they doing that you think that other teams across league wise are did to slow them down?
1: Uh, I think with Jalen Hurts in particular, they were just kind of changing the picture on him and like disguising their coverages really well. I, I have to, again, I have to rewatch the All-22. I wasn't really focused on it when I did the rewatch. It was more about the Bears' offense. But, I don't know, from when I was watching it in the game, live in person, it just looked like Josh Allen was just making some dumb decisions. Like, ones he should not make, trying to force it in there that, like, n- should never be made. So, again, I'll have to rewatch to see if they're doing anything different. But, I mean, they're really trying to scheme their defense up to kind of overcompensate for the lack of talent. Um, And you always can respect that because once the Bears do have – you know, some more top end talent um, that combined
0: with a good scheme can really make the Bears' defense one to be reckoned with. Thanks, dude. I think this is, has to be the most productive we've ever gotten. Most production we've ever gotten out of one player on our defensive line in a single game, as far as Justin Jones having five pressures. Cause it seems like every year they just get manhandled. And wherever the offensive line wants to push them, they go in. It makes the job for the secondary a lot harder, you know, that, and it's supposed to be. I think a lot of Bears fans are, are in agreement, dude. Like, they're really excited to see the secondary and like the defensive scheme with a legit like NFL uh, rotation at the defensive line. And so, there's a lot, of, a lot of optimism and a lot of things to be excited about as like the talent starts to fill in.
1: 100%. And speaking of a defensive line, I guess the last thing that I have to talk about is that the Texans won this week and the Bears will now have. a a legitimate chance at the number one overall pick. Um, And I said, speaking of defensive line, because obviously the two top prospects in this class, as far as we know, are defensive linemen and Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Snyder, if the Bears did somehow wind up with the number one overall pick, do you think those two are locked to end up as Bears? Or do you think that the the price of trading up for a team gets even higher?
0: Dude, I... As much as I would love Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter on the Bears, I think that Ryan Poles knows how many, like the lack of talent across this team. And you know, he kind of got fleeced for Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not gonna lie, not gonna sh- sugarcoat it. But what an opportunity to get that draft compensation back! You know, you're, you're gonna get way more. To really, you're not really gonna feel that Claypool trade anymore. So, I think I. I think the last time a team traded back from the number one pick was at the Titans and the Rams when Jared Goff was first selected. I believe they got two first-round picks, two seconds, and maybe a couple thirds as well. I would I would run that to the bank, dude. Like I, I just think that would be a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, it's going to be super interesting because most people were thinking the Texans were going to be picking at one, obviously, and drafting Bryce Young. Now, if the Bears did wind up, which the only reason I say it's a legitimate chance is because the Texans are playing the Colts and we all know how bad the Colts are. Those teams are pretty equally bad. So um, if the Bears can lose out and get that number one overall pick, basically the market's open for any team that's willing to pay the price to get Bryce Young. It's not the Texans anymore. Like even the Texans that they wanted to jump up one spot because the Bears are saying, hey, we're we're about to move down. So if you want them, you're going to have to give us the picks to come get them. Um, it really opens the doors to a lot of different scenarios in which the Bears can really maximize um, the number one overall pick and trade down and maybe even still wind up with one of these top defensive
0: line prospects. Right, Tom. So I think the sweet spot in this draft for defensive linemen is in the top ten. Definitely guys that have flashes and show something, you know, later in the draft. But I just think there's, what, maybe five guys, Tom, that could all warrant a top five, a top 10 pick and you got will anderson jr Jalen carter brian Brees, miles murphy um uh, am i missing one time tyree anderson or yeah Ty- oh, Ty- tyree Ty- wilson tyree. tyree wilson i think all five of those could fit in perfectly with with the bears and i think you know if we stay within you know the top 10 10-ish but again we could trade back and still end up with you know five six seven you know it there's There's plenty of possibilities, so I think Bears can stay in that sweet spot. I think it would just be a great scenario, man. I I really want the extra first-round draft pick so we can look to draft a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock Bowers. I just think those two dudes are insanely special talents, and I just want to be in a situation where we have the opportunity to get one of those guys with someone else's pick. I'm
1: right there with you, Snyder. I mean, it makes just too much sense for the Bears to trade down, especially – which I guess we could talk a little bit about this too before we get out of here when we're seeing the offensive line and I think the market of free agency, top end free agents kind of dry up in these last two days. We just saw Jack Conklin and Elton Elton Jenkins um, receive some pretty large extensions from their team, their respective teams, the Browns and the Packers. So um, people are predicting the free agency class to get maybe worsened by the cap expanding and teams being able to afford some of these, top end free agents um so we shall see but if the bears can you know really maximize their ability to gain assets in the draft and not have to rely on free agency i, I think that's that should be the goal right like that should be what the bears try to do
0: absolutely Tom. And we, we can dive into that man The free, i'm really concerned about this offensive free agency class in particular to the offensive line because like all the Targets that I, you know, are dreaming about. I dove deep into the team's cap situation. Patriots have, like, $50 million in cap available. And we're talking about Isaiah Wynn. The 49ers, I know they have $15 million in cap available, but they can still get creative. They could sign McGlinchey to an extension. And his cap hit for next year could be, like, $5 million. And, again, you know, they still have a rookie quarterback there, so they're going to have flexibility moving forward. Um, and I am definitely concerned about – um it's even, I know some people talk about Orlando Brown, and I don't know how great he is of, of a fit with the Bears, but, you know, when the Chiefs moved down from, like, Tyreek Hill and how Mahomes' deal is team-friendly you can even do restructures, like, they're going to have enough money to, to sign him if they want him. So, again, you know, a lot of these teams also have the uh, option to tag and trade as well, and it just seems like offensive line is just kind of hard to come by, so there's definitely value, and it seems like the offensive line room in free agency kind of turning similar to the wide receiver room It's where there's not a lot, not going to be a lot of good guys moving forward. So you might have, as much as I don't like taking tackles in round one because they tend to struggle early on. I mean, if you want the most upside, you might have to take that swing. So it is getting, uh, it's kind of changing up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's thinning out for sure. And that's unfortunate. I think it's going to be similar to Kind of like I feel like in order to steal some starters, you're going to to take a similar approach to that you did last year um, with the wide receivers, maybe. And kind of like take some reclamation projects and hope they kind of work out in some regards. I mean, there will be upgrades for sure, but not the proven starters we thought, not the high end starters, like the ones that you give, you know, max contracts to. Um, So I don't know. It's unfortunate that. Elton Jenkins, who was our number one free agency target, and that and that episode we did, got extended, man, because the the fit just made way too much sense. That that's the one that really hurts me, Snyder.
0: Yeah, I, I hopefully that Yash, Yosha, whatever it is, Nizum becomes available because I kind of dove deeper into his stance, and he's you know very good actually in pass protection, a little bit lower in the run run the run blocking, but that's not what the Bears need. You know we kind of have that, so I think he would be a good Bears fit, not too splashy, but I think he'd be solid. But yeah, it is getting a little concerning. I think there's gonna be definitely star power for the Bears to acquire. But I think that might be actually in the defensive line or the line or the linebacker room, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. It would again it would be valuable to the Bears as, you know, I, I mean I think the Bears next year can actually make a playoff run as they acquire talent and field continue to ascend. But again, I, I do think the Bears are gonna be are gonna get some guys that they really want.
1: One hundred percent. And you know what's a sleep? What's a sneaky need that we we also talked about on that free agency episode? Which, if you guys haven't listened to it, would we'll definitely check it out. We do it with uh, Chicago Football Connections, Stephen Letiza. Um, the cornerbacks a sneaky need for the Bears, and there's actually this is actually a pretty good free agent class in terms of cornerbacks. And hey, if they're not. In love with a lot of these offensive linemen or wide receivers in free agency, dude. Knock out that third corner where you don't have to really prioritize it in the draft. You could, you know, pay a James Bradbury, a Jamel Dean. Like you could, you could really add to that position. And um, I feel like that would be a hit for the Bears if they could do that.
0: Yeah, That is definitely a sneaky need. It is an important position, and I'd be all for it, dude. My thing is with this free agent class in particular, I'm cool with throwing the bag. I'm cool with overpaying because fields is not going to get expensive for the Bears until about three more seasons. Mm -hmm. And when you sign a guy and he plays three years through that contract, I think the way 90% of NFL contracts are, unless you just have an MVP uh, sports (laughs) agent, that mostly all the guaranteed money goes away. So you could easily cut them, and you're you're not gonna feel it, especially with the cap rises around 10 million every year. So this is the year to you can actually spend, and it's not gonna hurt the long term effects of the team. That's why, like, or you'll debate with me, like I'm okay with you know spending money on a running back. I I don't know if Saquon will be available or or Tony Pollard, but you know I would sign sign a guy like that for the for the three years, and then when field starts getting expensive, I, I would move on, but. Again, I like think this is the year that I want to see that. Not saying I miss Ryan Pace, but I want to see that there's 2018 type off season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really looks like it's in the in the making for that to happen.
0: Um, Snyder, is there anything you you want to add before we get out of here? No, I'm good, bro. Again, game was pretty much forgettable. <laughs> Move on. Um, Helped our draft position. We'll be having our Texans uh, pants hat on, like. We are all in on the Texans, bro, and you know there's some optimism there, dude. They were hanging with the Cowboys till late. They were hanging with the Chiefs till late. They just beat the Titans, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, I know the Jags are hot, but there's no guarantee the Jaguars are gonna are gonna beat the Texans. And then they that, got lost to them. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know what Lovey Smith is doing over there. I have not diving deep into the Texans, but as far as I know, with Lovey Smith is that he is a you know, culture guy, players, players, coach. And maybe those teams are playing, maybe the team is playing hard for him, man. And they do have some talent on that defense. And, you know, if you play clean football, high motor football that, you know, you could definitely sneak away with a win there. So it is possible. I just hope the Bears understand the vision, hopefully in Cunningham, it's showing the impact of what happened in Philly when they got that higher pick. And we need the Bears to lose out, man. I, I'm, I'm, off for it now I'll just lose lose man
1: yeah no that 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 is uh that is kind of the goal here um bears got the vikings and the and the lion the lions first and then the vikings coming up so hopefully i mean it's more of what we've seen before competitive losses you know that's what the we Bear, need.
0: the bears can beat both of those teams though that's <laughs> the thing they, <laughs> could, they could easily end up with two wins there and it, it kind of just fuck up everything we we're talking about but Again, man, it is is these are actually gonna be the last two weeks where I might be pulling my hair out just because I want that one or two overall. I want obviously I was want one, but mm-hmm. number two overall is you can still get a lot of so I don't wanna end up you know with pick five. That would be
1: that would be a disaster. Low key. So um we shall see. But um until we are back,
0: keep it real. Bear down. Bear down. Doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you.